Fall is here and we could all use a stiff breeze. That's right. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life, but let Blue Chew take you the rest of the way. BlueChew.com and the code TMS. Coming up on TMS, the anonymous gifts are coming from inside the house. Flaming Pot Cheetos. Dark nights in white satin. Hot Twizzler action. Rub some butter on it. I'll pee on a plane. A turd log and some toilet paper. Mike and Ike were always stoned. Happy Halloween, fellow kids. Escape Hatch Chili. Did I order this? TMS is recorded in front of a live Tadpool audience. Some goofy living thing. Jor-El and and Lady L. Therapy Thursday with Wendy, an actual therapist, and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Helen Lofton, a good-to-look-at girl with soft black hair and clear hazel eyes, gets a big charge out of life. But Helen is, I mean was, a great girl. Well, sure, I'd quite love a chocolate. Or do you have any weed? <laughs> The sensation of Europe, now made in America by Samsonite. This is The Morning Stream with Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbett. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TMS. It is Thursday, November 4th, 2021. I'm Scott Johnson. He's Brian Ibbett. All of this is correct information. Good. I've got verification on line one. Line you may one. now mark it down in your programs with a check mark. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm glad I can finally uh, mark that one off. Hey, everybody. What's going on? How are you? It's Thursday. We got stuff. We got a show. We're glad to be here. We hope you are as well. Uh, I saved a little something for the top of the show today that I hope will be fun. Okay. Uh, you'll you'll be the judge of this. Okay. Whether okay. it's fun or not. <laughs> Me or, or all of us as a whole? I think we'll you be. in particular, and then the rest after, okay. but you in particular. So all right. I got okay. in the mail, and I don't know why. I don't remember ordering this, so I think somebody ordered this for me and didn't leave their name. Okay? Oh, that happens nice. sometimes. It's a little a, yeah. surprise uh, gift. Yeah, we all we get the occasional yeah. the occasional generosity from our our uh, Tadpool community. Yeah. So, nice. you know, you, you, you never know what you're going to get, and this box says Vansky. Uh, ultraviolet LED flashlight. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you think that's what's in there? Or do you think it's a, it's a well, ruse? We're going to find it's out. It's a MacGuffin. Okay. It appears to be a flashlight. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is exactly yeah, what ultraviolet. it is. Oh, this is so you could, it's like, wait, ultraviolet or black light? Like Ult- this is going to be so you can look at, uh, Oh, is that what's going on here? in your hotel room. Oh, it's getting, so you can find, uh, like your, your water leak thing. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, did I order this that day? Free Ranger says you did. Scott did order it. He oh, ordered it on yeah, the air a few weeks ago to see the water stain. I forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot. I, you're right. I did. Oh, what this. a lovely gift from yourself. From myself, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it. I don't have batteries handy. We could look and see how this looks. But all right. Well, now we know the the, the anonymous giver was me. And, um,. <laughs> and I guess that's a you know look at that so, look at that look at all those LEDs so um, yeah I guess yeah. I use this to I wish I could try it here so we could all see what the blue I know is, so we could see yeah I'll, try, I'll, I'll hook it up we tomorrow could, but. we'd be able to see what, what kind of breakfast you spilled on yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually really curious like right around my desk here like what kind yeah. of keyboard nightmare oh I, I know I don't even want to know what oh. you know all right. Well, I'm not doing that now. But no, no. Okay. Well, I yeah, I bought that. <laughs> I forgot. 
<laughs> completely best. forgot that I got that. I Just love it. I out, love it. Out of sight, out of mind. I don't remember what I was doing there. Riggles <laughs> show title. I'm already loving it. I'm already going to go click that. I love this one. The anonymous gifts are coming from inside the house. Oh, that's great. Well done, Amy. Nice, nicely done. <laughs> Yeah, I order. Uh, I never order the stuff I order, or I never remember the stuff I order if I do it on the show because we're in the middle of a show yeah. and mentally right. I'm not really committed. It's kind of an impulse and you just do it. True. And I, I mean, this yeah. was like 12 bucks or something. It was like nothing. And then I forgot what I got it for. And also, we haven't had a problem with the water since the last storm. So I kind of think I know what it is now because. Oh, really? You figured out where it might be coming from? I think so. So basically. You know how I've got, I rewired upstairs internet to go down here to ensure that yes. I had a backup for sure. Yeah. And I had to do it by going out the window up there, down the wall, and then into the vent that is the furnace room over down here where the old, where all the other internet stuff is. So there's a cable that's out in the wild, in the in the nature, that goes down sure. in. Sure. Now, if it and just And water rains, lands on that cable and just travels along it into your house. I think that's what's happening. We're waiting for a storm where we get enough wind that... Because it only happened on the windy two two times we had a windy storm. Yeah. And the wind the wind is blowing toward the house and like in and like making water go in there. Whereas uh, the, the sprinkle we had the other day did nothing because it was there was no wind. So I think that's what's going on. But then I got, you know, this flashlight. I can go check for, you know, carpet weirdness. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Cool. And I'll figure out some other fun uses for it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. I don't know what. Yeah. Just don't take it. Uh, just don't don't take it to uh, uh, Vegas. And um, oh, hell no. I'm never taking a black light, ultraviolet light to Vegas ever, ever. Yeah. I feel like that thing would just like start vibrating in my pocket the minute I got to town. Right? You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you basically would uh, need sunglasses as soon as you turn it on <laughs> in your hotel room. Like, oh, it's so bright from yeah, all the it's bad stuff in the walls. Yeah, I don't want that. So uh, anyway, I bought myself something. I guess that's a that's the weirdest opening segment yeah, we've ever done. Good. All right, moving on. Uh, we got an email from Nick who wanted to clear something up about the Matt Flanagan thing, although it's Mike, but he's being funny about the Matt part. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'm going to give you a link really quick. This Please. Is, this is a good show content. Please. Uh, this is from the TV show ER. I'm sorry, not ER. CSI, which takes place in Vegas. Right. Uh, jump to about the 42nd uh, mark. 42nd mark. All right. I don't me... think I don't think you're going to hear any Who music playing in this. All right. For, oh, good, because we won't get in trouble then. Uh, 40 seconds. Hold on. 40, 30. Here we go. Oh, it's a short clip. That's, I'm gonna jump it is a short here. clip. All right. I'm jumping ahead. Here we go. I don't think it's from uh, CSI Las Vegas. I think this is from. Uh, <laughs> I think it's from some BBC thing based on that laughter. That's freaking hilarious. Oh, did you not put that on the chat? I didn't show them. Uh, I should. It's here, chat. My bad. Let me show you this video because you need to see this. Uh, in my head. Stephen glowing a dog. Here we go. He pulls out his camera. You know what? We got to talk for a second about British laughter. Can we do that? Yeah, right. Well, you know what? It's it's kind of 
so much better than the canned laughter you get on older shows in, from the U.S. Yeah, why is it that it's so... Like, even their new stuff, like that Graham What's-His-Name show where they interview people. Yeah, Graham Norton. Graham yeah. Norton. I like, I like Graham Norton. Yeah, I do, I do too. But when the audience laughs, it's a different mm-hmm. kind of laugh. It's like a... I can't explain it's, it. I think it's... Uh, number one, it seems like it's louder compared to the microphones they put in audiences in the u.s yeah it could be wrong yeah um jk grammar says u.s has canned laughter the uk has tinned laughter i see i see what he did there yes that's great thanks james k um but like like it's uh i don't ah, i wish i had two examples here because like Mm -hmm. if you hear the mash one there's a certain kind of tone to it and then if you hear Mm -hmm. one from like an old british comedy of the same era it's a very different tone of laughter. It's probably a more trebly. Like uh, for some reason, like just listening to that one, the laughter sounded a little bit more on the treble yeah. side, yeah, than the bass. It's just I think how it's mixed. All right. Well, oh, it's genuine laughter, says Claire Gack. Is that it's true? Genuine. Oh, really? Oh, I see. Oh, 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 that's so funny. Claire. I see. She didn't even put it in all caps. What's wrong with her today? You're not feeling oh, well. Didn't. What's going on? Jeez, yeah, I don't know. Well. <laughs> no, I shouldn't encourage it now because if you do too many, the robot uh, times are out for ten seconds or whatever it is. So right. Hey. No, and everybody hates. We all hate laugh tracks. We like genuine laughter, but um, but the genuine laughter sounds different. Like if you were listening to a. Um, God, I mean, a bad example is like uh, the Ellen show or something, right? Where she's got an audience mm-hmm. and they're laughing. It, it's There's a very different sound than a than Graham Norton, for example. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly my take. And I, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know why that is. But like some, yeah. like watching Seinfeld and that audience laughter when they're on set, mm-hmm. not when they're in a mm-hmm. car or something else, because mm-hmm. that's right. all, you know, phony baloney. But the 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 audience stuff. Well, they weren't actually in a car. They were still on set, just in a little car. Well, so uh, I, okay, not bad example then. Like the parking garage <laughs> one, or the um, oh, that's a good point because that yeah, that looked like it was right. That wasn't a set. Yeah, the, they have the plenty sound. of outdoor scenes, and whenever they do those, yeah. that's always canned. But the right. or or I don't know, maybe they're showing it to a live audience, and the audience is reacting. I don't know, but oh, it could be. Yep. But when they're in set and they're in their little three camera set. Mm-hmm. There's something I like about that laughter, and I don't it's think of it in as front a, of a studio track. audience. Yeah, it feels like a live reaction. It's like being a part of a play or something. Cheers um, is filmed before a live studio audience. There's <laughs> 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 also like a nice little piano intro for those. Things. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Well, anyway, on the issue of Mike Flanagan. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay, back to Mike. Back Flanagan. to Mike Flanagan. Uh, Nick wrote in says, "Hey, Oingo and Boingo, you were chatting about the Mike, not Matt Flanagan on TMS, and I got super excited. This guy makes art, and I feel like uh, it was made directly for me. And I love how popular his work is becoming. You mentioned Kate Siegel, and I just wanted to point out that one of the reasons that she is in almost everything he does is because they're married. Well, I didn't know that. There That's you go. News to well, me. there you go. She's a lovely woman. I well done. She is. Uh, and he's yeah. a, he's kind of a you know he's like me. He's a schlub. He's like a weird looking dude. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he's well done. Anyway, I just she's wanted like to, a a more approachable Angelina Jolie. Yeah, she has from a she profile has a bit shot of a Jolie look. A very yeah. Kim said that uh, watching mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. haunted. She goes, "Is Angelina Jolie in this?" I'm like, "No, honey, that's mm-hmm. not her." Anyway, and I was wanting to point out one of the reasons that she is... Oh, 
because uh, they're oh uh, they're married, which is cool. They make great stuff together. Oh, and she is fantastic. Then he says, couple recommendations. Flanagan has a movie on Netflix called Hush, which is a really in- uh, which is really intense. It also has a pretty neat midnight mass connection, and the main character uh, writing bu- uh, writing a book with a sad title. That's weird. Anyway, a scene showing uh, let's see a scene showing what is written actually contains an actual scene from the show. Um, I think that that title shows up in Gerald's game as well is a book oh, on the shelf. Uh, they also there's also check out Doctor Sleep, uh, director's cut of possible. I'm recently rewatching the film Oculus, which is still really good as well. Um, yeah, oh, wow. I uh, didn't realize he did uh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. I remember there's a movie Hush that I think is a different one, which had Jennifer Jason Lee in it. Um, this is more of a more recent 2016 thing called Hush. I think this one's 2016. No, that's what I'm saying. This is uh, the the Jennifer Jason Lee one, um, nine, late '90s. Oh, this oh, one, earlier. the, the Flanagan one, is uh, 2016. I haven't seen the. I've saw Doctor Sleep, but I haven't seen the director's cut. So maybe uh, I need to relook that up. I haven't seen either, and I don't know why. I should watch that. Really that. enjoyed it. It was a good. It was a. It was a good sequel. I'm, which sounds crazy, right? Like, right. And it uh, must be weird watching uh, Ewan McGregor play. What, who could have been you as a child, Brian? You were almost a child, <laughs> right? I know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who's the woman who plays the uh, the the villain in that because we've seen her in a lot of stuff recently, or I have anyway. Um, uh, she's great, Let's Meredith Baxter here. Bernie. Uh, Definitely not uh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, um, well, I like her. And we just saw her in uh, Dune as the mom. As um, She's uh, she's Paul's mom. She's great in Dune. She is really good. Yeah, like legit Just Lady Jessica Atreides. Yeah, she's intense in that movie. She's very good. Mm-hmm. In fact, in some way, she stole the show. I'll just I'll just say it. I think yeah. I think that uh, Timothy Chalamet kid's good. He's great. He's good. But, He's uh, very good. Yeah. I didn't expect his mom to take the. No, uh, she was in the mission. The last two Mission Impossible movies. Um, yeah, she was that other. She was the agent that was kind of working with him and kind of against him at the same time right exactly yeah. yep. she was good um, she was very good Life which I don't remember if I've seen or not that's Ryan Reynolds in space uh, looking at some goofy living thing <laughs> <laughs> some goofy living thing creature wow your synopsis get, get over to IMDB before you forget it and I know I know there. I better quickly write that down as the uh... <laughs> I have not seen Life, and I I didn't. I remember it kind of came and went, and then yeah, it had some bad reviews, and I think we were probably potentially waiting to see if it was it was sackable. I think is the oh well, there's always that. We can always film second. Yep. Well, anyways, is uh yeah, she also wrote Hush. Uh, Kate Kate Siegel did. Kate Siegel did. Yeah. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, which is cool. I'm uh, gonna go watch it. In fact, I hadn't even heard of Hush until last week, and I don't know why. This stuff's all up my alley. I love Gerald's game. I like everything else he does. So, thank you for uh-huh. the heads up, Nick. If that yeah. is your real name, uh, J.K. Grammar confirms life is sackable, and uh, Hush is on Netflix. Nice, yeah. Hush is on Netflix. Net- uh, Netflix original, I think. I think it'll always be there. Oh, it is Netflix original. Okay, you just said that. Yeah, I, was I think I did. Up. I think I did. You probably did, and. That There's, warrants a red on airline. <laughs> we haven't had one of those in a while. It's nice to know we can still pull that one. I up. know. Yes, exactly. Uh, fire <laughs> up the fire up the uh, red light generator. That's right. You don't have to turn on the red on air light. All right, there we go. <laughs> uh, real quick here. Oh, I have a comic book recommendation. Ooh. Okay. Um, 
I loved the first issue of a brand new comic that just came out from Tom Taylor, who I have become a gigantic fan of. Uh, his work is just uh, freaking awesome. I just love I just love his work. He, and he writes stuff for everybody. He did the all new Wolverine uh, series that I finished mm-hmm. and loved. Uh, the Deceased series, um, which is the um, uh, the one where this is basically Marvel zombies for DC, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did an amazing job with that. He just did something for Marvel called... What's the date on this? Um, oh, I can't find it. Dang it. All right. Well, there's an amazing new... Uh, series on Marvel as well that that he that he just finished, but he goes back and forth. Um, he also did that Injustice series for DC, which oh. by all accounts should have been terrible. It's based on a right, video game, it's based on the comic or the video game. Yeah, yeah. Right. Nobody thought that was going to be any good, and he it was it's some of my favorite DC stuff ever. Like it's so good, hmm. loved loved it to death. Anyway, he's got this brand new series called Dark Knight Knights. Uh, oh shit, where is it? Dark Knights and White Satin. No. Here it is. Dark Knights of Steel at uh, issue one. Dark Knights and Rodanth. With <laughs> uh, with art by Yasmin Putri. Uh, the art is amazing. Anyway, it's really great. It's this alternate history take of um, Clark when he, or uh, sorry, uh, uh, when, okay, so when Clark's parents shove the baby in the rocket and send him off after before uh, Krypton blows up. Yeah. Uh, instead, this take is they all got in the rocket, and she hasn't even had the baby yet. She's still pregnant. So oh. alternate history, they get in the rocket together. So you got Jor El, Lady L, and then <laughs> Mrs. L. Yeah, and then just enough room for the two of them. They right. land somewhere in this like medieval but fantasy based like realm. So and Earth like Earth, but. Earth, but magic. Ago. It's got magic, and it's okay. like oh, gotcha. Okay, you know, Lord of the Rings ish, but there's castles and all this shit. So they 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 crash there. A uh, bunch of dudes on horses try to kill him. Jor El wipes them all out with his eyeballs, and then becomes king because he's okay. too powerful to no one else can you know oh, fight the guy. JC Calhoun says DC's version of Marvel 1602. Yeah, right. That, that, oh, like, very much that so. Series. Okay, very yeah. much so. I didn't even think about that. Yes, it's. Uh, I think it's set earlier. You know, if it's in an actual timeline, it's set earlier. But it, but it's also mm-hmm. it's got like just straight up magic in it. But the magic comes in the form of characters you know, like Banshee and Green Lantern is called the Green Man, and everyone's afraid of him, and he's kind of the villain mm-hmm. of the story. Um. Uh. Batman, Bruce Wayne, <clears throat> is uh, like the top knight of the of the realm and is sworn to protect the king and his family no matter what. And he's got a bunch of Robins working for him, but it's all top done in this like story. It's great. It's so That's cool. good. I loved it. So I guess what I'm saying <laughs> is there's only a single issue out so far. Totally worth the buck thirty six or whatever oh, it is. It's brand spanking new, cool. Yeah, and it's great. So, little recommendation. And then whatever the thing he did just did for Marvel, like I can't, t- I cannot think of the name of it, but he just did it. Mm-hmm. It, it was in, it was real good. Hmm. Like un, like a bit a bit like his his take on the DC thing where they were all fighting each other in Injustice. It's a little like that, right? Not okay. not not just the retread of things like Civil War, but. 
you know. Well, uh, let's mention it to Stephen. Maybe he he can remember what the name of that one was. Yeah, maybe I could have names of things in my recommendations when I bring them right. up on the what show. What was the uh, people on want, want, want to know the the Dark Knight? Uh, Dark Knight of or, Rising. The Dark Knights of Steel. That's it. Dark Knight of Steel. Dark Knights, Dark Knights of Steel. Knights of Dark Steel. Knight of, okay. Yeah, knights is in plural. So there you go. Dark sure. Knights of Steel, and the art is really nice. It's very nice. Cool. Yasmin. Jasmine? Cool, cool. Yasmin, I think is how you said. All right. Uh, I have a recommendation. <clears throat> don't bet on the Packers this weekend. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you don't think uh you know, uh when do they play? When's the what's the they, I think they play Sunday and uh uh it just came out yesterday that Rogers, Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID. Oh no. Yes. Yeah. And there's question uh that he may have lied about getting the COVID vaccine. And how they can test for that to see if can they it. can they now that he has COVID? I thought there was. Well, I don't know. How do those antibody yeah, tests work? Know. Do those do anything? Yeah, that I don't know. I mean, and Benjamin Double Six says, but he said he was immunized, and that's funny because uh, they said, "Hey, have you gotten the COVID vaccine?" He says, um, "Yeah, I've been immunized." <laughs> Which could In his be little press anything. conference, and it, you know, yeah. <laughs> It sounds like he did. Colombo, Colombo might have asked a few follow-up questions. Pardon me, Mister <laughs> Mister Aaron Rodgers. Pardon me, I've got some questions. Um, well, all right, yeah. So, uh, a uh, they probably don't let him play with a positive case, right? Oh, they certainly will not. Okay. Yep. So he will not be playing this weekend. So now's a good time. It's funny. The line went from Packers minus one to Chiefs minus seven and a half. Yeah. So. Uh, spread changed dramatically, and it's a bummer that I that I didn't get in on it before that bomb dropped because yeah. that would have been a great yeah. a great line to bet on. Well, because you love the you love your team, and uh, you know you I know do. What you're gonna do. Although, yeah, that's the thing. I probably would have put um, put money on the Packers minus one and a half. So it's not like it's not like I would have gone against the Packers in that case, mm. and um, uh, and I would have lost whatever. So. Still betting on the Chiefs uh, this week, probably. Ah, the chefs. That's fantastic. The chefs. Great. Uh, Googly moogly. Googly moogly. Man, that commercial really stuck with us, didn't it? It really did, yeah. Of all the commercials we've ever seen for Super Bowls, <laughs> that one just it's stays. True. It's crazy. Yeah, it's true. It's like of the, of the uh, you know, we remember a lot of the older ones, mm-hmm. the Apple 1984 business and some of the other things like sure. that. But as far as newer ones, uh I think that's the the one that I think of most, or that I that I remember most. Gold standard from the recents. Yeah, yeah that so. weird that weird kissing uh, the nerd kissing the uh, swimsuit model. Oh yeah, that was. I weird. can't even remember what that was for. GoDaddy. Was it was GoDaddy? GoDaddy Go had they were known for shocking. You know, trying to be irreverent and yeah, yeah exactly, which is yeah. pretty dumb considering what they actually are. <laughs> yes, exactly. pretty dumb. Um, I heard Christy Swanson right. got uh, hospitalized. She's like, you know, she's on a ventilator. Uh, oh uh, no! The, and she's super like uh, anti- actress Christy Swanson, Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer. Christy Swanson, yeah, super super anti-vax, super um, wow, uh, oh, all okay. that. And now she's she's on a vent. So I don't want her. To, oh. I don't want her to die or anything. No, but. of course not. Yeah, there we go. Oh, geez. Yeah, it looks like she's in Jersey. Well, you just kind of hope that this this makes some people who followed her, follow her and and were doing what she says, say, oh, maybe, um, yeah, maybe I will go get that vaccine. Mm -hmm. Seems like maybe. 
Uh, Christy Swanson Dice Tomato is not in Ferris Bueller, is she? Or was she? Say again, who? F- uh, Ferris Bueller? I don't remember her yeah, being Yeah, she in was that. in there. Yeah. Who'd she play? She was the girl who says, uh, well, my cousin's friend told me that his, <sighs> like, basically she retells the the chain of events that led to her that he's really sick. That's right. <laughs> She's in the uh, in the classroom. That's right. I forgot she did any of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and she was in other John Hughes things. Yep. And also in Dude, Where's My Car? So there's that. She's also our age, so good luck to you. <laughs> COVID right, don't anyway, like us yeah. at our age. Anyway, moving on to this uh, story. Rasmussen, yep. sorry, Rasmus Johansson. That's a real okay. name. Okay, I promise it's, it's a real, a real name. Yep. yep. He uh, wrote in, says, uh, talking about plane dumps, because we were talking about uh, <laughs> plane dumps. That dude in Europe who got hit with a plane waste brick. Yeah. Of frozen poo. poo a frozen poo. poo block. Yeah, which is no good. Uh, he says, hello, Savant and Bloodsport. I just listened to TMS 2195, where you discussed the news article about the guy who got human waste dumped on him in his garden. Since this seems to come up on every show or on your show every now and again, as an aircraft mechanic, I would just like to clarify that normally planes do not dump the contents of the toilets out of the back of the plane. This yeah. would be uh, a sanitary and environmental nightmare. Airplanes have an onboard septic tank that are emptied after landing. The loud sucking noise you hear when uh, when flushing is not due to the stuff being sucked out of the plane. It is pressurized in a septic system, sucking the contents out of the toilet bowl into the septic tank. Most likely what happened to this guy is due to some kind of malfunctioning of the system that regulates the pressure of the septic system on the plane during ascent, uh, causing waste to ex- exit from the valves and to regulate air pressure in the system, or fail to regulate air pressure in the system. This is, of course, or sorry, this, of course, isn't something that normally happens. To sum it up, Scott, the chances of poo being dumped on some poor soul on the ground if you were to poop on a plane is pretty much non-existent. Love the show, though. All right, there's some confusion here, though. My desire never to t- take a crap on a plane has nothing to do whether it gets ejected or not. That's right. not it. It doesn't have to do with uh, somebody, yeah. Nothing to do with that at all. It just has to do, actually, I don't have a good answer for you why it's a problem for me. I don't, yeah. I just don't want to do it any more than I, I, you know, I don't know, want to do anything in a public way. I don't like being in that. I don't, I'm not super claustrophobic. I'm more like uh, John McClane going through the ventilation system claustrophobic, not. Gotcha airplane toilet seat claustrophobic but um <laughs> that's a lot of stuff to work on in in a little tiny space and i'm a big guy and uh no i'll pee on a plane i really don't like pooping on a plane. yeah you'll do it if you have to and i will too I'll do it if, if i have down to, to it yes. right i'm not saying I, I would kill myself trying not to but right, exactly but i don't want to i'd like to yep. go at the airport or the other one when we land or or totally not at all or just at home yeah, yeah. How about at home yeah. and then not again for the rest of the damn day? How about that? <laughs> exactly. Yes. No, I, uh, I'm i totally with you. Yeah. So that's a thing. Anyway, uh, thanks for I did for the, the four-hour flight to Vermont this last weekend both ways and did not get up to pee once. Oh, well, well done. Nice job, actually. That's, yeah. that's um, I don't know, that's harder to do than you think because you drink. It is. You know, you drink. Things. It is. Exactly. I drink the whole time. I'm drinking now. Yeah, he's drinking now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, real quick, though, I just wanted to tell Rasmus Johansson that um, he did help me clarify something here, which is <clears throat> I did assume because there's so many of these stories about big chunks of crap flying out of these planes and hitting people's yards or slamming their roofs or whatever. I thought that is how the planes got rid of it and they just would get unlucky about where it landed. But according to him, 
That's not normal at all. In oh, fact, God, no, rare. no. That would be so, that would be so horrible. Because, I mean, yeah, no, even uh, uh, just going over a city or something, that, that stuff doesn't, there's not enough room for it to burn up on re-entry. I mean, you're going to have a, a turd log and some toilet paper landing on Bill as he walks down the street with his Starbucks. What would you do? All right, here's a what would you do. <laughs> if a giant slab of blue, you know, frozen plain poop ice yeah. slammed into your roof. Okay. Do you try to... There's, there's and, a hole in the roof. <laughs> let's say it didn't create an actual hole, but it was like up there, you know. Yeah. Would you... Uh, your instinct is man of the house, you know, like guy who's going to fix shit and get her done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, would you go up and try to take care of that? Would you call like, I don't know. Oh, I'd call, I'd call for sure. Who would you call? I don't know. Who would who would we call? FAA um, or what do you do? Right. I think you'd call the FAA. I mean, as you know, you identify and say, oh, yeah, that's clearly blue ice fell out of a plane kind of thing. Um, but I'm not going to. I mean, I've got some latex gloves that i use to clean the resin out of my printer i don't think that's going to be enough i think i need like a whole suit is what i need if i'm going to be handling that yeah it feels a little hazmat um, I, I agree yeah so i think i mean i probably would start with um uh probably would start with the local police and say hey do you guys know who i call a big chunk of ice just fell on my roof and, yeah and they probably would say oh i don't know yeah I'll probably call the faa they can push it up the chain from there. Yeah, exactly. But you have to leave it there and let it drip into your den or whatever Ugh. for an afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, no, tarp tarp, uh, tarp is job number one. Yeah. Well, you have those around when you used to go to Gallagher concerts. You have a whole stack. Yeah, exactly. The, the, you know, it's the splash zone. Yeah, like, you're uh, in the second, like third row. row. Yeah, you're going to um, get watermelon on you is the deal. Yeah. Sam, Sam Jane says uh, there's an app to tell what plane is flying over you. Yeah, but by the time I find that app and download it and all that stuff, yeah, you'd want to have that plane it. won't be flying over yeah. me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who knows how much of that stuff will have dripped into my into my uh, attic at that point. Are you, do you know if you're even anywhere clear or close to like where you're? We're not under planes. a flight path. Okay. We can. Uh, it's funny when whenever I go to Vegas, the flight path goes just south of us and. Yeah. If I'm on the uh, the correct side of the plane, I can actually pick out our neighborhood and and probably even pick out our house if it's if I've got enough of a um, a heads up. But I can easily see the um, we're right by Coors, the uh, brewery oh. Coors, and so they've got a recognizable silo that's that is a mile south of us. And if I see that as a little um, landmark, then I can just kind of follow the road north. Go oh, there's my neighborhood right there. Yeah. Are they? Is that's a a big uh, deal out there, right? The Coors place is Coors, big. It is. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a huge brewery that takes up um, a lot of the uh, eastern side of Golden, Colorado. And um, if you come to Colorado and you go to Golden, you can take the Coors Beer Tour. Although I wonder if they're still doing it during the pandemic. Mm. Um, it it uh, on the scale of a zero to the Guinness Tour, it's about a two. Mm. <laughs> the Guinness tour is the best beer tour I've ever seen. Not that I've been on a lot of beer tours, but uh, uh, it's like it's like Willy Wonka. The Guinness tour it was fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, didn't my, yeah. uh, Mike used to, or uh, Matt, Matt Matt used to work at? Uh, who am I thinking of? Oh yeah, no, um, uh, old man Frank. Oh, used old to man work Frank's. At, that's uh, right. Yes. Yeah, he worked at Coors. He's still not. He's not there now. He's somewhere else. No, right. Know. Exactly. Yes. He's still in Denver, I believe. Right. Yeah, yeah I think so. 
him and his since, cute little uh, kids. Since we've kind of all stopped playing WoW together, I don't I don't talk to those people as much anymore. I don't know how Tetsemi and and Ro and uh, you'd have to go play and, a little uh, Final Fantasy fourteen to find out. And that's where everyone <laughs> is right now, <laughs> right? Is that the deal? Is that where I'll find Ro? Everybody's playing it. Ro, Ro started okay. a new podcast about it. He's like oh, shifted. Wow. Okay, like think He's of all, all the in. stuff he used to do around the WoW space. Now just yeah, turn just him slightly to the left. Final and you go, Fantasy. Oh, it's okay. all Final Fantasy now. Okay, gotcha. Even it, Garrett's it, playing. Uh, I can't believe Garrett's playing. He hates anime boy. stuff. Well, I shouldn't say that. He doesn't hate anime stuff. But he thinks, he used to tell me about, oh, I'll never play that game. It's still not my jam. Can't do it. Can't do it. And now he's in it. So is uh All right. Is it is it like, um, you know, raid teams and stuff like that? Or is it still mostly no, a, a solo a bunch of campaign that. adventure kind no, of thing? It's, it's basically all those WoW trappings are in there. Um, so there's rating and there's, you know, okay. <clears throat> all that. It's, it's a different, different <laughs> kind of rating. Like the focus isn't on how hard can we make this and then have levels to, you know, let's do mythic. Let's do, it's not like that. It's sure, more like, sure. let's get a giant group together and fight a thing. It's actually probably way more your speed if I'm honest, oh. but there's no Mac client. So, uh, oh, well screw that. Is there a... There's a PS5 is client. On consoles? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Okay, so it's on consoles. Still. It is. All Although right. I don't think it's cross-play. I, I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure it lets you play with the PC people or not, but hmm. might, gotcha. might be. Okay. Anyway. Uh, well, thank you for that. Thank you for that uh, interlude of... <clears throat> you bet. Gaming. Just everybody I know right now is, is in there while that's I knock out quests in Elder Scrolls Online. I don't know what's wrong with me. Nice. All right. Moving on. Uh... Let's get to our emails. Or not our emails, sure. our, our news. <laughs> well, wait, what did we just do? <laughs> yeah, what, what did we, we even do? just do? All right, here's this. That sound signifies it's time for the news, and it's brought to you by... Brought to you by Coverville. Today at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, as you probably have uh, guessed from earlier, the hints, well, at least her, the hints pre-show, it's uh, the 50th anniversary of Led Zeppelin IV, the fourth album by Led Zeppelin, the untitled fourth album by Led Zeppelin. So it's just simply called Led Zeppelin IV. It's the one with the guy carrying a bundle of sticks up a mountain, and it's got stuff like Black Dog and Stairway to Heaven and Misty Mountain Hop and When the Levee Breaks. And you're going to hear covers of each and every one of those songs on today's show, and I do it just like I, just like we're playing an album. I, I only interrupt during the middle of the album to flip it over, and uh, and that's that's what it's all about. So check it out today, twitch.tv slash Coverville, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, Led Zeppelin 4. Yeah, look at him carrying those sticks, chat room. I got a little picture up for him there. Carry those sticks up that mountain, old man. It's an, it's an odd choice for art for your album, don't you think? It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it works uh, now because we all look back and go, "Oh yeah, that's cool, that album or whatever." But yeah, well, you know, I mean, look at this other band putting just a prism on their album cover. I mean, it's an all-black album cover with a prism on it. What is? What's the deal? Wait, what is the deal? What's the deal, <coughs> Andy? I would love to do a legit somebody's actual album cover. I would love to do it. Oh, no well, one ever asks. Well, I mean, I've, you've done. Uh, Three, four um, Andrew Allen album covers? Yeah, those count, right? <laughs> yes, they absolutely count. I know, I don't think of you it got that Spock way. because playing keyboards on one of them. Well, it's because somebody's, it's because I know everybody involved. I feel like that yeah, didn't come up I in know. my you head. Be, you basically wanna, want to want uh, somebody kind of, not out of the blue, but like, like uh, oh, let's get this guy, Scott Johnson, to do our album cover as opposed yeah. to. Yeah, it's just even uh, some indie band. I know I a talented care. artist that would be great for this. It's Scott Johnson. Yeah. So. Or, you know what would be fun? Let me do the next Eddie the Beast there. Uh, uh, oh, Iron, Iron Maiden. Maiden. 
There you go. Yeah, let me do my take on that guy. Oh, would you do it? And you would do it as, I mean, you'd have to do it in your style. Yeah, but I'd probably go a little more like, I don't know if you saw that recent Wastelander stuff I did, but it'd probably be a little more. Absolutely. A little lot more realism to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stylized, but, you know, not not too cartoony. Anyway, we'll see. All right. Cool. Here is your news for the day. It's important stuff. I'm glad you're all here for the news. This is got to stay informed. <laughs> glad you've all joined us for the news, yep. which will commence. Being informed now. is, you know, if you want to be a good citizen, first thing you do, get informed. All right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Here's the uh, first news story. Parents warned to look out for cannabis during the Halloween weekend. Oh, no. Oh, especially in states like yours where it's uh, legal to sell that stuff. Right. And so therefore well, easier to move around or whatever. It's it's again, it's less that the cannabis is hidden in the candy. It's that somebody accidentally has given out their gummy bears as opposed to the gummy bears they bought for trick or treaters. Oh, yeah. I wonder how <clears throat> wonder how many times it's just a mistake, right? Like they just screwed right. up because that could happen, I would assume. Yeah. You remember those things that are like uh snookers and uh, skettles or something like that where it's like it's got cannabis in it and the wrapper looks kind of like uh, uh, wacky packages kind of looks like the real thing that it's supposed to be but it's the cannabis version yeah well apparently this is a thing Uh, according so this is an Illinois thing but an Illinois attorney's office uh, uh, the Illinois attorney's office general's office issued a warning Uh, last week to be extra careful about which treats end up in your child's hands for Halloween. Uh, there could be a cannabis edible lookalike, like Brian was just describing, that will impart more than a sugar high. <laughs> <laughs> the potentially illicit cannabis edibles, which mimic everything from flaming Hot Cheetos to Skittles. Flamin' Hot Cheetos with flaming Hot Cheetos? Pot, flamin' Pot Cheetos. Flamin' Pot Cheetos! That's the better name! Maybe that's what they use. Maybe that's what they use. I don't know. Yeah. That's really good. (laughs) These are sold online, may contain high concentrations of THC, the main psychoactive element in marijuana. You can buy those online from who? I don't know. That doesn't seem legal, does it? No. Hold on. No. I mean, I wonder if if they do some sort of uh, positioning, right? Like a, a thing to see if you're in a state that allows it. Oh, maybe. Well, let's find out. Oh, look at this. Okay. It's funny. So many people in the chat are like, no one is handing these out for candy because it's so expensive. I argue, eh, if they're high, they might. They might. <laughs> and also, okay, this proves uh, this proves Brian's point. And I'm going to put this on the video, and I'm also going to give it to you in our Discord. Okay. In our Discord? Okay. This is the Flamin' Hot Cheetos bag, which, unless you're really paying attention, that looks like Whoa. legit Cheetos. Yeah, it's it totally got does. Chester on it, who, as we know, is a cheetah. <laughs> um, yeah, what's uh? But they call it Cheetos. They called it I mean, Cheetos. It's hard to tell with the um, medibles. The wrinkle, the wrinkle in the bag. Is it Cheetos? <laughs> <laughs> it might be a slight weird uh, font thing yeah. that they're doing, but um, but yeah, all the little pot leaves on the bag and. Uh, Medibles yeah. and stuff like that. And Chad, when you say, I feel like that's fake. I'm getting this off of this weed store that sells it. I can add this to cart and buy them. Yeah. Uh, 500 milligrams of THC in these Cheetos. Cheetos cheesy yummy edibles package with 600 milligrams of THC in every package, even though above it, it says 500. Now I'm starting to worry. Uh, these are <laughs> special kind of Doritos. Here's the thing. I mean, this is the stuff you eat when you're already high. What <laughs> happens, right? Some, like, I also think somebody, the Cheetos. somebody may have written this when they were high. Let me read to you. What this says. 
Okay. okay, so Brian, the listing says Cheetos, 500 milligrams THC. Now, the sure. description says 20 bucks. That's kind of expensive. It is. It says Cheetos Cheesy Yummy Edibles Chips. Cheesy Yummy Edibles Chips packed with <laughs> 600 milligrams of THC <laughs> in every package. And this is where it gets weird. There no, are with 20% more THC since we had the bag done. Then this says, these are the special kind of Doritos. Wait a minute. <laughs> They're not even Doritos. Extreme potency. Recommended dosage is to start with just one or two tortilla chips. Again, these aren't tortilla chips. Yeah. And then wait 20 to 30 minutes to see how it affects you. Well, or are they, right? Like, it, you know, they might not be doing the cheese. Oh, no, the picture on the front shows little cheese puffs. Yeah. I think this. Yeah. I think they I were think they did they a little it. copy and paste. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would a guy who's high do? He'd copy and paste, right? That's what. He'd right, do. he'd copy and paste and say, "Well, Cheetos, Doritos, whatever, man." <laughs> I mean, these guys have a ton of like. Uh, let's see here. This is called GoogleWeed.com. Uh, really? That's their their company name. Yeah, they're like their their company. Wow, their, their I mean, they're just name. like. Uh, uh, let's throw caution to the wind and see how many cease and desist we can all get at once. No kidding. Um, I'm trying to see here. Yeah, Google Weed. The first thing you get is a page that says, Welcome to Google Weed. Are you 19 and over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't, I'm, I'm not both. <laughs> I think there's a translation issue. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's one called, there's a listing here called MNM Peanut. Uh, oh, 600 okay, milligrams so of M&M, THC. Ooh, it's M&M. all very expensive. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. You know what? Chat room's right. No one's going to spend 23 bucks on an M&M package that's full of weed-infused M&Ms and then go, well, I'm putting that in there for a kid just to take it. They're not going to no, do it. No, I'm, I'm sure, but I'm sure like they wouldn't do it on purpose. I'm just saying if they're high enough, they yeah. could easily make that that uh, distinction. Oh, yeah, look at these. Like They've just replaced the and between the M&Ms with an N, yep. so it's M-N-Ms. Yep. And they must be but offshore. Else, I mean, the- they must be in an offshore kind of situation where nobody consume or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Because they'll say Cheetos on that bag. I swear. Right, Mike and Ike's. <laughs> what does that have an N in it as well? Uh, no, I can't <laughs> tell what's different about it. Mike and Ike's were always pot infused. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these Twizzlers. All right, I'm putting a link to these these Twizzlers in here. Oh, let's see. Let's see some Twizzler um, action. Hot Twizzler action. Yeah, it's. Uh, oh yeah, look at that! Oh, I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, can't tell the difference. Twizzler. No, minis. there's nothing. There is nothing on the front of this. Oh, like a little tiny 600 milligrams bag in the bottom left, or a, a milligrams logo on the bottom left corner. But the um, there's nothing else. Strawberry watermelon, strawberry lemonade. Um, artificially flavored. Blah blah blah. There's no, no way to tell. No. Except that you spend a ton of money on it, and hopefully you don't give that to a kid at the door, right? <laughs> exactly. Cold cash baby is right. If they're high enough cover rule, they are answering the door. Listen, th- th- you know they're probably smart enough to say, uh, "Yeah, this stuff. Uh, don't buy the stuff that, or don't buy the Halloween candy that looks like the stuff that we just got from the dispensary." Yeah, yeah. The ones because <laughs> they saw... have the wherewithal at that point before they start smoking all the stuff they got at the dispensary. The one, the edibles I saw either California or maybe it was Vegas. I don't remember. It may have been my last BlizzCon because by then California was legal and everybody had edibles out there. But mm-hmm. the way they looked is they all looked like little um, hex-based coins. So like right. a gummy but cut into like a hexagon of some sort, like a like a um, 
uh, honeycomb kind of shape. Yeah, there you go. And I and I assumed the reason for that was so you could cut them s- s- symmetrically if you were going to portion them. Like if you only were going to take half, you'd get you'd know mm-hmm. what point to what point to cut and, and get an exact half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like pirate's gold. There you go, Sam James, yeah, like right. that. Um, right. So all this this idea that there's a Cheeto full of pot that's just insane sounding to me. I don't know it why. Is. Yeah. And listen, as someone who doesn't uh, partake, uh, the people in the chat room probably know better than me that even if you're high, you know how much you've spent on all that stuff. So, yeah, I guess so. You're not going to accidentally. Uh, um, that's, that's why it needs to be more mainstream because the prices will get brought down. That's how that works. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Moving on to oh, this story yes. uh, Astronauts in Space. Oh, no. Steve Buscemi. Let's do this story. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Steve like Buscemi, uh, dressed up as his fellow kids meme for Halloween. <laughs> and passed, Hi, fellow kids. <laughs> and he passed out uh, candy at Park Slope there in New York. Uh, it's pretty really, awesome. It's, it's the easiest uh, Halloween costume, right? Because he's just basically wearing like a, a hoodie and uh, holding a skateboard. And Yep, he's got, I mean, he's actually looking, he, I, I, I hesitate to say this, but Steve Buscemi, one of the weirdest looking dudes in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He, he, I think he looks cooler the older he gets. Yeah, like yeah. there's something happening to him where age is improving. For his, sure, his weirdness. But uh, anyway, there he is getting pictures done, handing out candy. Got the hat turned backwards. It's just like his his little meme. He's even oh, wearing the shirt where it says uh, "classic, classic lightning bolt band" that he wears in the meme. Well, and uh, Elvis Costello's with him for some of this. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there he is. I don't know what kind of. Let's see. Elvis Costello, Steve Buscemi giving kids a Halloween crawl. That's awesome. How cool would that be? Uh, it's funny. That picture does not show Elvis Costello, though. Oh, that's not him in the leather jacket. Uh, maybe it's the second. Let me let me look at another picture because the one I linked, the one I jumped to. Oh, yeah, that's him in the leather jacket. Yep. Yeah. And he's going. Yeah, the other the other picture from that. Uh, <laughs> what is up with that leather jacket, Elvis I Costello? Know, I mean, man, yeah. What army do you belong to? Because wow, <laughs> it ain't Oliver's. <laughs> no. You think he's uh, Veronica? That's on his mind right now. That's what he's doing. Yeah, that's exactly. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, look at his little chain. Got little chains between chains dangling from it, and looks like uh, skeleton arms on the sleeve on the shoulders, maybe yeah. on the. Uh... Looks like an expensive neighborhood in New York. Yeah, is my guess. Yes, I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> is there such a thing as a, an expensive One of the nicer boroughs, although they're saying Park Slope. Yeah, where is that? Is that a is that in Brooklyn? Is it a Brooklyn deal? I don't know. Well, anyway, Steve Buscemi showing us showing us how to be real, man. Real. Yes. Yeah, he shot himself in the face and, and made himself a meme. Well done. Oh, it's Greenwich <laughs> Village, maybe. I don't know. Where, I don't know where Park Slope is. I don't know nothing yeah, about I don't nothing. Know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Kissy Bears confirms it's Brooklyn. Brooklyn, the the the, play, the gentrification capital of the world, is what That's that right. is. Uh, <laughs> all right, finally, astronauts grew some chili in space and made tacos. Grew some, grew some green chilies. <laughs> they grew them in space. Yes, that's right. The astronauts aboard the International Space Station had the pleasure of dining on space tacos last week. Tacos topped with green chili that was actually grown in space as part of NASA's Plant Habitat 04 investigation. Uh, scientists began growing chili in the hatch. 
A type, or no, it's a growing hatch chili, rather. Hatch chili, yeah. Oops. <laughs> Escape hatch chili. Escape hatch chili. Don't push that button. Anyway, a type of pepper found in New Mexico's Hatch Valley according or, uh, aboard the ISS uh, in July in an effort to understand more about the plant-microbe interactions uh, that would happen there. Uh, astronauts have grown other crops, such as lettuce and radishes in space before, but peppers are a more difficult grow in space because they take a relatively long time to germinate and bear fruit. I'm trying uh, to remember if when I was growing, because I was growing uh, jalapenos and stuff here in the house using the Arrow Garden, and for whatever reason, I'm remembering that tomatoes and peppers, you had to grow the plants in pairs because they have to cross, um, cross-pollinate. Like, the, the tomato oh. plants pollinate each other's but like you basically have to go and shake the plants as they start growing because you want the pollen is it pollen would it be pollen anyway i guess yeah from the flowers to to go to the other plant because that's what happens uh, in nature and if you have to reproduce that you have to fake it right is the idea right exactly yeah Yeah. well look at him and looking at his little space microwave looking thing and was it tuesday i hope it was tuesday but uh (laughs) Every day is Tuesday on the ISS. It's always yeah. that day. Um, I've noticed something about space. Okay, this is just yeah. a final. Everything thought. looks like uh, like current like three D printer technology. Uh, <laughs> it does. No glossy surfaces. It's all just exposed cables. It is. It's weird. And also, cable management is apparently not a priority for <laughs> right for space. Yeah, twist ties are light. You can carry twist ties up on. Uh, <laughs> up on the, the shuttles with you, right? And yeah. kind of manage those cables. Space is weird, man. You never know what you're going to get in space. Except now I guess yeah. you, get in talk, you can get a taco up there. All right, uh, that's going to do it for today's news. We're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister Wendy will be here. We're going to discuss uh, abandonment issues. Ooh. Oh, have interesting. Any, okay. Yes, have any of you been abandoned? Well, stick around because we're going to talk about the origins of that, why it feels bad, and what you can do about it. Uh, coming up here... I've lost my boy! I've (laughs) lost my child! Oh, he's right here. (laughs) I have... I have a great story like that that I will save for later, possibly. If oh, it's great. Okay, good fantastic. Context, we'll find out. All right, Brian, we need to play a song, though, before she gets here. So what do you have? Sure. I've got uh, a new song from Harvey Sutherland. Uh, Harvey <laughs> Sutherland has uh, released a brand new single, along with a new video that looks like it's straight out of the 70s. If you're a fan of, of uh, uh, EDM, but maybe older-sounding EDM, like Kraftwerk and, and that sort of thing, you're going to love this. He's um, This is French. Uh, although there's no lyrics or anything. He's actually from uh, Melbourne, Australia. Um, the song is called Jouissance, uh, as I as I looked it up and had the <laughs> YouTube lady pronounce it for me. Um, available now, Jouissance on House Anxiety by Harvey Sutherland. <laughs>
Hey, you guys, what's going on? You know, it's fall. It's fall. Do you, do you feel it? Uh, we could all use a, a, a stiff breeze. <laughs> this episode's brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, listen, confidence can take you pretty far in life. It can help you in the bedroom as well, especially when it comes to stepping up to the plate. Well, that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. And you can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. This process is pretty simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. No doctor visits, no sitting around in that office waiting for anybody, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door as well in a very discreet package. So, first impressions are important. What about lasting impressions? That's right. Blue Chew can help you in, uh, you know, the ways you need it to help you. <laughs> so if you could benefit from that, a little bit of extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code TMS at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code TMS to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information as well. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's episode. Hey, look, Matthews, you don't mind me sticking my two cents in this, do you? It'll do me a lot of good. No, I don't mind. Which ones, Mother Teresa? You guys want some sandwiches? This is the morning stream. Indeed, want some sandwiches. That song once again was sure. That song is called Jouissance, and it's performed by Harvey Sutherland. Brand new single that he just released this week. Oh, it's lovely. I yeah. like the the late breaking yeah. music that Brian brings sometimes. You know, it's right out of the right off the cooker. Darn right, fresh, fresh off of the stove. Yep, ready to eat and and share with your friends and your family. Mm-hmm. Like this Dish time of year. Uh, all right, I think Wendy's here, so we're gonna play this. Hey, look who it is. It's my sister, Wendy Dunford, all the way from uh, uh, where she is in Minnesota. <laughs> where she is. <laughs> where uh, are you? Where are you? Well, I'm, I'm right where I am. Uh, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we're, we're good. F- we're fine. How was Halloween? Did everything go fine? Halloween was so fun. Yeah. Did you have yeah, a lot of, like, lot of trick-or-treaters? No, which is just what I like. I yeah. like yeah. about 20. And that's what I okay. got. So I was really okay. happy about it. Good. That's not too bad. Like, you don't want to be there all night. The dog no. hates it. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. You um, want uh, basically enough. enough to enough to empty the bag of candy you bought, and that's about it. Sure. Yeah. And with some leftover, let's be honest. Did, did you have the whole, like, you know how it is in here in Utah. If it lands on a Sunday, they do it on a Saturday or something. Um, mm-hmm. They did that this year, and it was, like, all split up. And so you had these, like... You know, you had this, uh, the, the sectarian folks on Sunday still showing up. So we kind of had a two dayer going 
Uh, but but most of them happen on Saturday. I assume I assume it was all a Sunday affair out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then that's normal, and that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Did you dress up as Adam, anything? Adam grew up in uh, Adam grew up in Ohio until he was like eleven, and he said they had what was called Beggars Night, and that was always the last Saturday or Friday. I can't remember of. Yeah. The month and that the whole community decided that's when trick or treating was. It never changed, so it could have been you know the twenty seventh. It didn't matter. It was just that's when trick or treating would happen, and then people could just party on Halloween. And I just love this idea. I think it should be well. Why'd they call scheduled. it? Why'd Don't make it on a Monday. You know what I mean? It ruins yeah. school. No, I, I agree. It. I agree. They should always just say last Friday or Saturday of that month instead of. The I Friday. agree. Yeah. Yes, make and, it a yeah. Most most of our holidays should be that. Uh, St. Patrick's Day should be that. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day should be that. Like, you know. What days do we have? I guess Thanksgiving's the, the last Thursday. Right. right. And it's Easter a, yeah. is always on a Sunday. Like, you know, there's there's ones that you just couldn't do it with things like um, New Year's Eve or, or Christmas, probably. Yeah. I just wish Christmas was always a Wednesday. Yeah. Always. Oh, a Wednesday. A Why Wednesday? a Wednesday? <laughs> because it's like... Like really, what are you do Monday and Tuesday? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then Thursday, Friday, it means a whole week is Christmas. I love it. It's Wednesday, perfect day for Christmas. Yeah, you know what? You're you're bringing me around. That's not a bad idea. I know. We put up the tree. You know, the worst day is like Sunday or Monday. Like Mm -hmm. Monday is the worst day to have Christmas. No, it's the worst. I agree. And Saturday. I want Wednesdays. Wednesdays. All right, I vote. I vote Wednesdays. We had. We just put our. We put our tree and our um, lights up yesterday. Uh, What in the world? I know. We're those people. (laughs) We're those people. Look, Kim. Kim was like, she did no decorating for Halloween. Usually, we do something. We didn't do any. Um, although we did have, you know, we did costumes and had fun on the day, but we didn't do anything prior. And she, she, especially post pandemic, just loves Christmas in a way that I don't remember ever seeing her love Christmas. So mm. she's like, I'm doing it early and I don't care who says anything. I'm like, all right. She also has like a grandkid and like yeah. not, she's not mm-hmm. buying thousand dollar Legos now she can buy like the twenty dollar yeah the cheap Legos yeah that's She's true in a good stage yeah right? it is a good stage for me and her and uh anyway it's nice very festive in the, the front area there where you walk in it's like oh the tree it's nice oh Thanksgiving screw you yeah screw you Thanksgiving um anyway so there's that uh it's good to have you back we're gonna we're gonna dive into a uh somewhat difficult topic or you know for some people it's going to be i guess a warning i don't know how much trigger warning people need for this but we're going to talk about abandonment and that often it means hey your parents were either horrible or they left you or they uh straight up just ignored you or you know it's one of those kinds of discussions uh and for those new to the show and you're wondering why we're doing this wendy's an actual therapist she comes here on thursdays (laughs) And help people with Why are problems. you guys doing this? Wendy just has some feelings she wants to share. Yeah, poop jokes. I mean, it must be. It would be weird for a new listener because if they don't know any better, it'd be like, "Oh, here's my sister. We yeah. just talked about holidays, and now she's going to help us with abandonment issues." Like it seems weird. <laughs> so I have to explain myself. You get new listeners. This is funny. I just assume it's the same people for eleven years. Well, you're. It's well, probably the a safe lot thing. of that. Yeah, it's the safe thing. Yeah. To do. All right, let's get to it. This is uh, a very short message slash email that I got from somebody. I'm going to keep them anonymous, but I think it's enough to kick us off in the direction we want to go. And it goes like this. I have major abandonment issues. My mother gave up, gave up on me as a teenager. Dad kicked me out after high school. After an issue with my mom, I always feel like I need to perform my best and not waver or people will pick up and leave. Signed anonymous. So short 
and to the point. Yeah. Uh, I thought it'd be a good place to go or to start with the just the whole concept of uh, abandonment and what that even means because it doesn't. I, I'm sure it's more nuanced than people think. It's not just simply my dad disappeared one night when he said he was going to go out and get a pack of cigarettes or whatever the old story is. <laughs> it's it's more, <laughs> that's totally Nelson Muntz's dad, isn't it? It's it totally is. What it's happened. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what, you know, there's more to it than that. And sometimes abandonment can happen and you'll still live there till you're 18, yeah. but they've just given up on you or don't, you know, you kind of wish you would never happened or, or whatever. Uh, yeah, I've got a, I've got an abandonment story that, uh, that I can share that is not at all the bad kind of thing. Mm. Sharon, um, what is it? Tristan was in, uh, elementary school. We had moved, we were here living in the house we're in now and it was about 2003, 2004. So Tristan maybe was about, um, six, maybe five or six. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was, he was old enough to go to the bus stop himself, obviously, um, and, uh, um, but we would pick him up after school and, or, or, or he'd take the bus from school over to a kinder care and he'd hang out there until we were off of work. Cause by, at that point I was still working in an office in Boulder. And, uh, what we didn't realize, um, or I take that back, not that we didn't realize it, but it was take your kid to work day and neither of us had the ability to take take him to work. Um, But we all knew that, and we checked and said, oh, yeah, buses will still be running, school will still be going on, all that stuff. So Tristan um, made his way towards the bus stop, but didn't see anybody there and immediately thought, oh, no, I've missed the bus. Crap. Mm. So he got all the way out there, and then he turned around and came back. Well, we, uh, by that point, both of us had left for work. And so he was here at the house. He basically uh, sat on the porch swing, our back porch swing. He was kind of going to wait it out, I guess, for a while and uh, ate his lunch at seven o'clock in the morning because he didn't have anything else to do. Oh, and he's locked out, right? Like he's he's locked out. There's no way to get in the house. And and, uh, for whatever reason, he didn't go to the neighbors. Neighbors would have been happy to, to help him out get a hold of us, whatever. Um, then he decided he was going to take it upon himself to walk the mile to kinder care himself <laughs> and, uh, and cross a very busy street in the process of doing that. Oh, man. And uh, so he did that. He got there. They called us. Uh, I left work immediately, went down, picked him up and, and hung out with him. But for a long time after that, he had some some fear of abandonment issues. And, oh, interesting! Uh, that really stuck with him then. Um, for for a few years after that, and it was uh, uh, difficult to kind of get past that. Like you know, he'd we'd we'd Tina and I'd always need to be around him. Um, it they, he was uh, less likely to do things independently if it took him further away from us. So, you know, we had to walk him to the bus stop a few uh, for a few months after that, for example. Mm. Um, things like that. So yeah, yeah, I can absolutely relate to abandonment issues that aren't triggered by a parent just leaving up and leaving or neglecting their child. This was a completely honest mistake that, uh, just was the, uh, the perfect storm of bad things all happening. So at it's once. like home alone without the nutty hijinks, basically. Right. Exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. And without the, uh, the distracted mom, not counting the correct number of kids. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So that that's interesting. I did, I a never knew that, but B hadn't really considered yeah. the the impact something like that would have and imagine how much worse it would be right. if you just how didn't would, care about your kid kind of, and you just dumped them somewhere. Carry through. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's a really, it's a perfect example of like the, the basic fundamental process that happens that it, it's not about intent at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great example because it shows just one time mm-hmm. and how long it takes to get over it. Uh, because it's, it is really biological. So I'm going to go through the explanation of what happens to us when mm-hmm. this, when this type of thing happens. And then we'll extrapolate to, to this person who is, I mean, in, in very significant ways, his parents have said, we're done with you mm-hmm. or, you know, those type of things. And so obviously that's going to be different. Um, it's going to, in, in its intensity and other things, but so the, the, that story is a really great one because it's, you're a kid, you're living your life, you walk to the bus stop because, you know, you've gained this amount of independence. There's feeling good about it. The fact that he would go back to the house, you know, he's making kid decisions. He's he five. Is. He's like, yeah, nobody's exactly. there. I'm going to go eat my sandwich. Uh, <laughs> what are my other options? You know, all of those things. And and no kid's going to make, right, maybe the, the best decisions. But that is what starts to happen when I'm alone, I'm scared, Mm-hmm. what am I going to do? And we talked last week about the amygdala and the cortex a little bit of, so you're, he, he's alone, he's freaked out. And then the cortex is like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and they start to come up with a five-year-old plan, which includes right. walking to daycare. And, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Crossing yeah. that street sure. and all of that good stuff. Okay. So that is all happening at the time he is alone. So think of it as, is like his system is now alerted to I am physically, he may not have had this thought like someone could kidnap me or kill me, right? But mm-hmm. um, plenty of kids probably do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has the awareness that he is not totally safe, doesn't know what he's doing. Obviously, his brain is responding in this particular way. So then he gets to a safe place, and then you guys come and you do all the right things. But that memory or that impression of not being cared for or safe at a particular stage in life, yeah. that takes a while to unwrite. It's like it's written on a blank paper. Absolutely. And now we're yeah. trying to erase it and it's got a dent. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, that's kind <laughs> of in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why any parent who has forgotten to pick up their kid from school <laughs> or whatever they've done, it's you are like horrified that you would something like this would happen because we as have all been children and we also have this sense of like it's almost a biological sense like oh no that's not good yeah. you know yeah. like this mm-hmm. and then we just really hope they're fine and we kind of ah. and it's because on some level we fundamentally know that that's dangerous so we we can go back to sort of a, original human behavior and that is you know you're in a tribe your your community is what keeps you alive safe and fed and if you wander away from that you are now there's a threat. You're going to be eaten by a lion. Someone from another tribe is going to kill you. Like you're not okay. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. we are built around that dynamic. We are hunter gatherer, early <laughs> homo sapiens who will die. If we are abandoned, we will die. And so it's, that's why our system responds so intensely around these things. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, so that's the fundamentals of what's happening. So then how does that look throughout a life? Okay, let's say you and Tina were like, eh, too bad, kid. Walk to the <laughs> bus stop right. the next day, you know? Yeah, like it'll you, t- it gives you it gives you character. Yeah. Toughen right. you up. Yeah. yeah. 
And the truth is, historically, that's kind of how it's been treated. But and and I would I would just like to rip on America for a minute. Do it. <laughs> let it let it <laughs> rip. I tell you, yeah. maybe you should do a trigger warnings. If you're like super America pro American, then don't. You got to just plug your ears for a second. Uh, we are as a nation so bad with trauma. We are we cannot handle it. Listen to the way we talk about stuff. We're like mm-hmm. we're gonna. <laughs> I don't know. Just the rhetoric of like, it's all fight and tough and war and like, I don't know, beat this whenever anything hard happens. Like yeah. rub some dirt I, in I, it I, sort of attitude. Get yeah. Some, put yeah. butter yeah. on it and quit right. your wine. And like there, yeah. that is, that is very built into our ethos. And, um, Wait a minute. And, did and you the, just say rub some butter on it and keep, what, what do you, butter? What's the, <laughs> <laughs> what's the, butter here's an example it? of, uh, when you marry into a family who has a phrase, <laughs> Every time anyone's hurt in Adam's family, they just say put butter on it. <laughs> really? I love yeah. it. It's like a joke. Especially a burn. That's like the worst thing you can oh. do is put butter on a burn. And so the joke is if you're burnt, you put butter. Oh, that's funny and, because I remember hearing that at one point that you put yeah. butter on a burn. Yeah. Yeah. And it really is the worst thing. And Adam's brother's an ER doctor. And so it's always from him. And he's the funniest one in the family. And so he's always just saying whatever weird stuff. And so when a professional medical emergency room person says just put butter on your broken leg yeah it's funny yeah so i just came out sorry anyway i agree it is funny it's hilarious i'm gonna use it for now just rub some butter on it put some butter on it yeah (laughs) be fine anyway i forgot i was even saying america we suck at trauma oh yeah yeah. medical remedies yeah yeah (laughs) well and so instead of you know dealing with the actual uh cause of you know, 9-11 and the things that are going on, we're going to just go destroy a couple countries. Like we, we are, we have a problem. And you know what, when like we can mourn for a hot minute together, but not really. And then we, oh yeah, it's frustrating. And I I could go on. Okay. So there's that. And that's kind of because I think everyone's been a little bit abandoned. (laughs) Um, there's a bit of how does it look to to be abandoned? And we're using this word because this is a core. So everybody has a couple core wounds if they have wounds. Okay. And almost 100% of the time, there's an abandonment wound somewhere. Okay. Um, well, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's because it's so fundamental to humanity, right? Mm. So what we have found, and here's an example. And please let me make this very clear. I am not blaming parents that's also an American hobby is to blame parents for everything and judge each other. So that's not what I'm doing here. But and so, for example, and this is why it's so crucial to get postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis or anything that happens psychosocially, emotionally to the mother, which is why we have no freaking paid family leave. Let me just remind you why we don't feel safe yeah. in this country. Yeah. And <clears throat> so you have a postpartum a depression, a mother with depression, and she is interacting with a baby and not emotionally available or capable and is not getting the help and is doing it alone. And then has six weeks before she has to go back to work. Right. Like we have created such a a system that, that it, there's not a lot of help in that department. So this young, young baby is getting what emotion this mother can offer. And maybe it's not a lot. And so you can have very early messages of abandonment, right? Even though that is not her intention and it is not her fault. It's just happening. And the kid doesn't 
choose any of this. And it's just, I look at the face of the person caring for me to see if I'm safe and okay. Mm-hmm. So very, very early. So we have, we have a couple of instincts, right? And I've talked about this before. We have the instinct to suck. So we eat and don't starve. And then we, we have the falling reflex, mm-hmm. which is being dropped because we'll mm-hmm. die. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think both of those things are related to this abandonment uh, potentiality, right? Mm. Not being fed, neglected, dropped, killed. Okay. So really fundamental to all of us. So it's really easy to find it in everybody. Um, and everyone has a little one probably, um, the bigger, the more your symptoms start to show up in, in certain ways. So we can talk about that in a second. Um, narcissism, I think is, we haven't talked much about people don't write in and say, I'm a narcissist. Help me. Um, <laughs> but I love that. If any narcissists are living, listen, please send us. Oh, the, I'm- I'm too good at being a narcissist. I don't need any help. <laughs> the ultimate I know, it's narcissism. So funny. And also, anyone has a jerky ex-boyfriend, he's definitely a narcissist. So come on, one of you guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's how we armchair everybody. Is like, if he's a jerk, he's a narcissist. But narcissism is a great example of a, a pretty um, deep abandonment wound, or what we call them narcissist wounds. And that is where, like, maybe not getting enough actual love, attention, maybe neglect. There's some other things coming at a person with just the right personality and sometimes we end up with narcissism. Um, I don't know if you've met anyone who has the right personality to be a narcissist, but doesn't and isn't. And that's because they probably weren't wounded. (laughs) So there's, there's some fun mixes of this and it shows up in lots of different ways. That's kind of an extreme way, but for many people, it could be just sort of unknown fear or unexplainable fears. Anxiety can be an example of some of this abandonment. Um, You can have, relationships where you're like really anxious in that connection or sort of ambivalent. You can have some different attachment styles that occur because of, of abandonment. Um, and again, your parents are the first people who could possibly abandon you. Right. So they're, they're pretty foundational to this. And then you can have this throughout your life. You can be abandoned emotionally at different times. So everyone can relate to this feeling, right. Where you are, someone was supposed to come and they didn't, um, Mm. You know, someone made a promise and they it fell through. There, these are all sort of branches of maybe this core. I'm maybe not safe, feeling maybe a little unlovable and not protected. Right? Sure, like if you're in a you know long term relationship and then you, uh, there's an there's an abandonment quality to just getting dumped, right? Like yeah. that's yeah, the totally. same same sort of thing. And if you if you if you come to the table, I guess this is where where maybe this is all headed. If you come to that table with the feeling that, Oh no, I'll probably get dumped here too. That's when things yeah. get to be a problem where you think everything is, yeah. is going it's to abandon you. Like no trust. You start. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and then you accidentally create scenarios because you're not trusting and you're not open. That will almost guarantee you get abandoned or um, n- neglected or rejected again. Sure. And that is the vicious cycle of this, right? So it sounds like this emailer, so let's get to the email. So it sounds like this emailer has had clearly issues with mom and mom had mom made a decision at some point that I'm out. Mm-hmm. And then whatever was occurring later was the reason dad said, now get out of the, the house. So we've got some obviously strained relationship ties from I would assume much younger than just that moment when mom decided to take off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe there is a buildup to this moment. It'd be one thing. And this is, here's an example of like um, <clears throat> someone getting in a car accident and damaging their frontal lobe or something and really changing personalities that 
absolutely happens. And that person then abandons you happens. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have all this good, safe stuff and that comes along and that's really, that's really hard. Of course, I don't want to downplay that, but to have it throughout your relationship with someone um, just has bigger implications. The other story is, you know, you have more of a foundation to work with um, in your own life that makes it a little more resilient, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, make, can make it more resilient. But when it, you've had this your whole life, and I'm assuming that, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm assuming that to by the end of high school, both of your parents are out of your life yeah. is, is really intense. Um, and you are changing and hormonal and growing and you don't know what the heck is going on and you're probably fighting back and rebelling or whatever you're doing. And that's not your grown you self yet. So you are getting rejected at pretty vulnerable stages. So what can happen is whenever this rejection sort of um, gets started, whatever it may be, the abandonment kind of shows up, there can be some developmental stickiness. So you may have reactions that seem like a 17, 18 year old or a reaction that seems like you're five years old or 10 years old. That That's sometimes how as therapists, we can kind of, push back it through time to kind of find where things have started is some of the reactivity seems developmentally appropriate for a 10 year old when you're 40 and you're like, Whoa, okay. What happened when you were 10? Or people will describe, I feel I'm throwing a tantrum. They can feel these feelings of like, I'm internally throwing a tantrum. So sometimes it's like a little roadmap to, to the ages where some of this stuff might've occurred because there's some stickiness that happens when you've, when you've, have this type of wound or pain at a certain stage. So this person is on living life. I'm making up stuff now. Cause I don't know. Okay. But I'm assuming they're living their life and have a job and get a paycheck and maybe have some relationships. Um, and I'm assuming throughout their relationships, there's sort of landmines. They, they see, they feel that they're dancing around that represent potential rejection or potential abandonment. So it could be that my boss is always mad at me or it could be. um, So like in my field, like I'd say something to someone that, you know, sometimes I'm saying things that are um, hard to hear Mm -hmm. and that person might just be like, okay, bye. And then like our next session, we got to process it through. But you imagine I got a week to sit with how they responded to a thing that I said. um, And I could just be like, Oh, I'm, you know, like you can see where all of that uh, I'm so afraid would show up in my work. And so for you guys, it might be that you don't produce a thing that everybody loves and, oh no, no one's going to pay you now or, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it might be. So whatever this person's life is like, I can imagine there are facets of it that have been wrapped around. There are landmines I have to avoid. And then if I accidentally trip any of them, I'm so afraid someone will take off. What's the difference so between to, this, this and like, uh, uh, uh imposter syndrome is syndrome. Are they yeah, kind of you, can, you can see the sort of the overlap yeah. and sometimes imposter syndrome will be absolutely related to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why parsing everything back to, I mean, this, I, I don't know what this makes me an existentialist, a fundamentalist. Those are not the right words. Um, <laughs> but just like a originalist Oh, I'm making up all the words. Yeah. Look at you. But, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> where I feel like these very core innate needs of humans as the more I work with humans, the more they really boil down to abandonment, 
lovability, um, and oh no, I'm forgetting the third one. Oh, worthiness, mm. which they're really intertwined, right? Mm. Um, so when I work with anyone, their their wounds usually relate to: Am I good enough? Am I lovable? Am I worthy? And you know, if there's abandonment, then those are always up for grabs, right? Because who tells you you're lovable and worthy? Well, the person looking in your face for the first time before you have language. Mm-hmm. Um, who's telling you you're lovable and worthy? The the teacher who is either helping you or yelling at you, you know? So you have all these, these um, faces in your life that tell you if you're good enough and okay enough based on how they're reacting to you, um, which is a rough measuring stick because everyone's got stuff going on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it does create sort of patterns and creates... Um, sort of a sense of yourself. So here we are later in life, this person's probably got managing a lot, right? Sure, like handling sure. it, like probably having some relationships, probably doing some things, but with all, always this shadow that at any minute um, I can lose this thing because this person's already experienced it. Sure. And so it's written on that page. And so the advice is get someone to help you do with this because you're going to run out of electrolytes. I mean, that's not the right term, but like you're going to run out of steam managing that everyone may abandon you and your job and your family and your health and your life. Like this is when, when we talk about midlife crisis is I, I really wish we could rename it to I'm into semantics today, but I really wish we could rename it to like, ah, sweet. Now it's time. Think about stuff and here's some help. And we all are in this together and you're great. And Really? Do you want to keep doing this? Oh, maybe you do. Okay. Hey, let's work on your relationships. Make sure they're healthy and maybe you want to end them. Okay. All right. That's a thing. But like we act, (laughs) it's like a shame and it's bad. And then, and then people do worse things because of that versus this is developmentally normal to wonder about how do I want to spend the next half of my life Mm -hmm. as well as, um, but the truth is you run out of steam carrying the demons around that you had from your first half of your life. And so that would be my advice to this person is if this is exhausting you now, which it must, right. Mm -hmm. Then let somebody help you. Let somebody help you sort through this and repair what can be repaired and, you know, live with the scars of things instead of sort of the, you know, pussy wound of the thing. And and by that, there is a very big difference. And by that, I assume you mean therapy, right? Somebody who can help you walk through this that isn't, you know, just you and your mom, your or uncle, yeah, or whatever. Right? Old. Yeah, no. Yeah, sure. Or if you, uh, <laughs> if there is someone in your life who can help you do this, it's not a therapist. Good for you. Um, yeah. yeah. Just because it, it really goes deep and, and there's another thing that a therapist can do. And, and whoever's new to the show is like, is this just a therapy promotion gig? And it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a book of the, it's a book of the week promotion. Here's yeah. the book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I mean, cause I do think a lot of things don't need to be, to go to therapy, but this is one that's so fundamental and, and yeah. we just don't have anything in society. Remember, at least if you're American, trauma is not even a thing. Yeah. So too bad for you. Yeah. So you, it's really tough to have people in your life that are doing well with their own stuff. Um, and when they are, you know it, and that's great, but they will also just refer you to a therapist because they know they can't actually help you because they're, they've done their work. Right. So, but here's what the therapist relationship can create for someone who's had abandonment in their life is there is a pseudo, um, that's not the right word, but just basically a, 
a vicarious bond relationship you can create with your therapist. And this is why there needs to be a good fit because you are going to risk trusting this person and you're going to risk that this person could abandon you while you tell them your deep, deepest, darkest stuff, right? Mm. And so that actual practice is incredibly healing. And for a time, you're kind of over-attached to your therapist and eventually there's a healthy separation that can happen. And a lot of therapists are prepared for that, especially if this is the kind of work that they do. Um, and so you get to actually practice someone hearing you, caring about you, listening to all the things and helping you dig and sort that won't abandon you. Mm -hmm. And this is why therapists have to be so careful with schedules. And when like, I don't know if you know this, but therapists also sometimes have babies, so they need maternity leave (laughs) Um, and different, different aspects, like just taking breaks or even just stopping their practice altogether. Cause sometimes they stop. That's really, we have to be so careful negotiating these things because we often have relationships with clients that we are this um, attachment figure because they have been abandoned so much. And so we have to be really careful how, how to do that. Not easy, but that, that is the value of this here. And so I know that sounds scary. That's like walking right into the fire of the thing you're trying to never go to. Mm -hmm. Um, But like we were talking about with phobias last week or anxiety in general, the only cure is to go to the fear. And in this case, it's, sort of the only cure is to, to work through some of these broken attachments yeah. and, and find that there is security in, and here's the thing. It's not that the therapist will be perfect or your spouse or your children. And there'll be no abandonment. Again, we can guarantee there'll be abandonment. Mm-hmm. We can't control anyone else. That's not what this is about. It's about putting together the puzzle inside. I have 80 analogies going now putting the puzzle inside inside of yourself, figuring out your, what you're capable of handling and how to heal so that if someone one day chooses to abandon you, you have you. The problem is when you're so young and some of these abandonment things start happening, you don't have you. Right. And so it's piecing it together. So you have you, and then you can handle the other things that are coming at you and the potential of any, because everyone, abandon you eventually because you'll die or they'll die so that's very grim but it's also true and it is about working through your stuff so that you can handle those things when they do come well here's here's an interesting side note um i happen to know this person and i know that they are extreme the other direction in terms of their loyalty to those in their immediate life yeah to their spouse kids like this isn't one of those, the cycle continues situations. This is the reverse of that. This is somebody who's actively working really hard to never be that to anyone else. Um, I don't know if that changes any kind of advice we'd give here, but to me, that seems like a really good sign. And I know that even though all of that's true, it's really hard to shake that feeling that people could leave you or that you've been abandoned or whatever, but that helps, right? Like, yeah. Well, and it's probably some form of compensation too. That's yeah. not, not, it's a good form of compensation. Not a, yeah. Not clear. a negative. Like yeah. a bad form of compensation is to be sort of hermitized and go live and hate everyone. Like that's the easiest way to never get abandoned. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would, we would probably all agree is not the healthy version, but this is probably the healthy version of, of compensating is really overextending yourself making sure you're, you are a conflict free zone all the time. And I don't know if they are, but just like you could imagine doing 
like going way beyond to try to make sure none of that ever happens, which is also kind of exhausting. Mm -hmm. And so what is there, is there a happier, healthier place to be? And the answer is 99% of the time. Yes. For all of us. Right. Sure. Um, and so maybe it's just that for some relief, right. they still have these close connections. Um, but if they didn't have to try so hard and had energy for other things or that fear was gone, you know, you can just think of a whole life you can live without that strain. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I hope this helps. I know, uh, this, mm-hmm. this person has, has struggled with it for a long time and I, I don't know, I just feel like, I feel like we can hopefully point them in the right direction. Hopefully we have today. Um, so follow up and let us know. We'd like to know how you're doing and how things went. And uh, if any of you at home have like specific experiences that you think we could expand upon, send those emails into us, themorningstream at gmail.com or any of your Therapy Thursday questions. We are happy to talk about them right here on the show. Uh, Wendy, anything else uh, going on right now? You got to... It's just November. Yeah. <laughs> it is November. You guys aren't coming out here at all, right? This is a year you no. don't because we just saw you all this summer, I guess. But um, Yes. We may come in the spring, I think. Oh, gonna, nice. I, I mean, if you could hurry up with your snow production. We'd uh, like to, like yeah, to we'll, we'll, we'll get on that. Um, we, we'd, uh, I mean, whatever. We, there's some meteorologists here locally that think that we're on our way to becoming a tropical zone. Um, yeah, oh. well, <laughs> so, it's like supposed to be 66 or 70 degrees today here in Colorado. So yeah. people didn't get the memo that it's November. Yeah, and supposedly everything east of the Rockies is supposed to be having a cold front, but Yet there's Brian having a nice balmy day. We're doing okay. Like I, yeah, I don't know, man. This weird. Well, let me say this: it has been for sure the hottest uh, October on record here. And every day, I keep thinking, like, am I in Utah? It feels like <laughs> this should be. I mean, we're now at like fifty degrees, yeah. which is this is pretty warm for us. Yeah, it is for that part. It's of the freaky country. and just not. I mean, we had rain once in the last four weeks. It's yeah. not normal. Like we're in a drought here too. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. It's all going to Well, if you come here, but then, I have great. heard Duluth, Minnesota is a great place to locate for uh, climate change because you got, it's just like, it'll, it'll just be pleasant. <laughs> really? Yeah. You guys will roast to death and we'll just be pleasant. The only, um, the only experience I have with Duluth is like a season of Fargo spent a lot of time in Duluth and that's about all I know about the oh, place. Yeah. So oh. I should probably go out there and Duluth, see it. Duluth, if you want to just see Sweden in America, go to Duluth. Duluth has such similar, <laughs> really? even the architecture or, and then like the rocks and the water and the temperature and the, it's really similar. It's all Swedish oh, yeah. uh, immigrants though, right? Like the whole area. Oh yeah. They yeah. all came and went, Oh yeah, this is home. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were like, it's not cold. Enough. It's not cold enough. We're going back. <laughs> Nah, it's cold enough. Baby. That's hilarious. All right. Well, uh, anyway, November, swimming any day in November. Name the song. Uh, Come on. Uh, wake me up when September ends. Nope. Um, swimming every day in November? Uh, November. Yeah, can... Hey, November. Uh, you no, know. you know what it is? What? It's uh, Death Cab for Cutie, not Death Cab for Cutie. It's Fallout Boy. <laughs> Those are the two I get confused all the time. <laughs> Maybe it's Death too. Cab for Cutie. No, it's, um, it's not the shins. It's not. What is it? I don't know. Somebody in the chat room, help me. You know, you can swim any day in November. Swim yeah, nobody's uh, day in November. Oh Someone Google it for the love. Wendy, Wendy knows sweater her. weather. Wait, what no, was that's it? That's a good one, though. What was it, Brian? <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, there was a song called Sweater Weather, and I'm wondering if that sounds like it could be lyrics from that. But uh, Here, real quick. Yeah. Uh, my husband and my son would be mortified that I 
attempted to make a musical reference because I'm so <laughs> bad at it. Oh, I so found I'm it. So I'm going to take oh, it back. I found service. it. Like postal service. service. That's Thank who you. it is. Oh my gosh, how embarrassing. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, that's your death cap for cutie connection, right? Because Thank you. Uh, I knew. Yes. Yes. And also, don't tell my family. Her- they will be not allowed <laughs> to be on the show again. Can, uh, Wendy's knowledge of like college alternative uh, has now been ch- uh, challenged. It's been weakened. And uh, we're yeah. going to have to let Adam know. So uh, <laughs> Yes, please do. I'm... F- Failing at it. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, no one gets abandoned. Yeah. No, don't get abandoned, everybody. And Wendy, have a great week. And uh, we'll see you next time with more hard hitting something. Bye now. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, there you go. That that was good stuff. I hope the person uh, who I know is in the chat even today is uh, got something out of that. I know I I did. Yeah, for sure. All right, Brian. I know Tristan listens to the show too, so hopefully, uh, <laughs> further confirmation yeah. that it was all a mistake, Tristan. We didn't mean right, to. Exactly, we didn't mean to. We didn't mean to abandon you. My uh, the story I didn't tell was the only real, uh, the only place I ever got close to this was in a mall with my daughter Taylor, and she was like his age, like five years old or something, mm-hmm. and we're in a department store of some sort, and I'm thinking. Okay, well, she's right here, so I'm good to be like flipping through these clothes and looking at stuff. And I turn away for a second, I look back, and she is gone, just like poof, nowhere. Mm. Oh God! Okay. Parents' worst nightmare, like for sure. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Someone t- did someone take her? Who do I talk to? Like, what do I do? And I start panicking. I start freaking out. And I'm like, I'm gonna go talk to the manager and figure this out. And I was there alone with her, and and then I hear this voice from inside one of the clothes things going. Yeah, one of those is it one of the circular ones? Yes, yes. Which are perfectly they perfectly house a hiding child, you know? Yes. So I go digging in there, and of course she's in there laughing her head off. I'm so mad (laughs) because I felt like I had done the worst possible parental turn your head the wrong moment thing, and she thought it was hilarious because she's a kid. She doesn't know. Of course, yes, exactly. Anyway, so she's fine. I'm the one who's freaked out now. Um, all right. Hey, a reminder oh. tomorrow at 2 p.m. We are doing the play date that we put off because of trips and stuff and uh, Internet mm-hmm. outages and all of that. We're finally back to it. So we're going to finally crack open the eighth edition of the Jackbox yeah. party set and play some of those games. We keep hearing job jobs. Amazing. So job job. We got to still do the drawful animate. Whatever. Yep. yep. Whatever that's called. And uh, all that. So that's tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Time right here at frogpants.tv. And uh, Brian and I will be there, of course. With uh, probably Monica will hang out and be a, she's part of that tomorrow, uh-huh. right? I hope. I think so. Yeah, yep. she's she's got two weddings to go to this weekend, but uh, or this this month. But uh, hopefully, this one doesn't doesn't fall into uh, conflict. Yep, should be good. So I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you guys are as well. That's tomorrow, 2 p.m. Uh, right here on the Twitch channel. A uh, quick reminder that our Patreon needs your help. Uh, people like Mark Jackson, Jason Miller. And Aaron Wace, their recent uh, jump ons as well. We got we got yes. Mark at the at the grade A level, uh, the five dollar grade A plus level. We got Jason, and same with uh, Aaron. Uh, amazing folks, you can be like them and uh, be a supporter of the show on a monthly basis and take huge advantage of us. Like imagine a dollar a month and how stupid we must be. We've mentioned this before, right. but really, really think about really. how dumb Brian exactly. and I were when we set this up. Don't be a slacker. Be a backer. Be a backer, not a slacker. 
We said it two different ways, so you can have, you have the slogan both ways, everybody. Anyway, right, exactly. Hop yes. in there, let us know your uh, how you're feeling and how you're doing, and sign up today. Patreon.com/slash/tms and keep those emails coming. TheMorningStream at gmail.com. If you're looking for anything else, it's all right there at the website. Frogpants.com/slash/tms. We will now end this show, but we'll do it with style. Brian, play yes, us a song. Will. Well, this one's going out to Captain Ed, who you might have met in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, He says, I heard these guys play at a pirate festival, and I've loved their music ever since. Plus, they're local to me here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Signed, Captain Ed. Now, um, Ed, the the song you chose um, isn't a cover. I did a little research, and and maybe I didn't find the right thing, but um, the song you linked to was not a cover. But... Uh, I'll play another cover by the same band. This one is sort of a cover. Um, You'll know what I mean when you hear it. This is from their uh, 2017 album, A Pirate's Life. And it's the title track. And as you might guess, it is sort of a cover of the song from uh, Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Although they changed some lyrics, so it's it's new as well. Uh, Here's the band Brave the Sea with their cover of A Pirate's Life. Nice. Uh, reminder tonight, core at 5 p.m. And uh, tomorrow, the instance at 10 a.m. As well as, uh, oh, there's no There Will Be Dungeons this weekend. We're on a break after our finale, but uh, that's coming back soon. Anyway, if you have any questions about any of that, check out the calendar over at frogpants.com. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you guys tomorrow and Monday. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me! shoreline of the sea I got a man I looked around me kept the ship could not be found I guess we hardly took around forgot all about me but that's okay I guess it's fair I did puke in the captain's chair but I'm still just a problem to keep me company but even if the scally work come back to save me soul we'll drink the ocean joy and then we'll sail until we're old singing yo ho yo ho a pirate's life for me yo ho yo ho a pirate's life for me old Billy yelled to me from the mast of Philip's brig. We made a course so brave and bold to find a Montezuma's gold. We looked for food and then for rum and then we did set sail. The map we had so not the truth but led us to the fountain of youth. But we were overjoyed cause it's really made of ale. But even though we didn't find a speck of gold to spend, I'm okay with bailing in me life without an end. Singing yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Dead meat.